0: You're listening to the After the Show movie podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Acecully and SidTalk. We're addicted to movies, are you? Hello SidTalk. Do you need a hero? I
1: don't. Not this moment. Okay. What's, what brought that on in the before-the-after-the-show discussion?
0: I was watching the trailer for Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe, and, and it had the song I Need a Hero. It did, yeah. So I'm asking
1: you, do you need a hero? I don't. I'm good. All At right. this moment, I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen, but no, I'm good. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> this so, is riveting, by the way. What's the before-the-after-the-show
0: discussion? That was what, it? What's more riveting than that?
1: This movie, we talked barely about this movie today. We didn't really have much of a discussion, unless I forgot it all, which is entirely possible.
0: We didn't? Good. Woo. All right, then, let's get into it. It's Saturday, June the 12th. This is after the show, 688. We're a movie review podcast. And the movie we're looking at this week is Manari. It's a 2021 movie. It's actually out on Blu-ray right now. Streaming services, Blu-ray Wherever you get major motion pictures from, Sid Talk. Uh, Me, I get them from you. All right. Well, I do have a copy right here. Fab. It's rated PG-13, and our friends at Lionsgate sent us a copy for review. Thank you, Lionsgate. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of the movie Minari, and then I will give you the one off the box to correct your incorrectness.
1: Hmm. A Korean family living in the Midwest... The farmer or the farmer. The dad tries to do some farming, it's very difficult, and life lessons are learned by everyone. That's all right. right. All right, I'll give you the one off
0: the box. A tender and sweeping story about what roots us. You see what they did there? Roots. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Minari follows a Korean American family that moves to an Arkansas farm. Correct. Am I right? Correct. In search of their own American dream. The family home changes completely with the arrival of a foul-mouthed but incredibly loving grandmother. Incredibly. Amidst the instability and challenges of the new life in the Ozarks, Minari shows the undeniable resilience of family and what really makes a home.
1: You know, I'm really close on this one. (laughs) The Ozarks isn't just in uh, our state, by the way.
0: Yeah, I was confused there. I was like, what? (laughs) I've seen the movie Ozark, and I know that we live an hour away from the Ozarks.
1: (laughs) Well, Arkansas is just south of us, and Oklahoma is just over there, so... Right. We're not here for a geography lesson. So. Is that geography? I don't know.
0: Minari, what did you think of it? I loved it. And don't just say you loved
1: it, the end. I loved it, the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I find when we really like a movie. We often don't discuss it much. Because here's why, everyone.
0: You know why that is Here's a
1: lesson for you. Here's a lesson for everyone. That's because the movie does everything it's supposed to do.
0: Hold on. Are you saying the movie speaks for itself? <laughs> I wasn't.
1: I wasn't trying to use that phrase.
0: All right. That's after the show for this week, then. Goodbye, Goodbye. everyone. Goodbye.
1: Time to order Jimmy John's. <laughs> Not sponsored.
0: Discussion about Minari.
1: Is that a bullet point on your little list over there? Yes. <laughs> Disgust. Please discuss. It's fantastic. It is a fantastic...
0: Even though we've given the synopsis.
1: Okay. Give your
0: actual I just did. No.
1: They're a Korean family. It is the 80s, early 80s. And the dad has decided to buy some land in BFD, as we like to say, or BFE. I don't know. You choose the last letter for yourself, wherever you're from. It's colloquial. I've never heard he, of that. He wants, uh, well, just look it up. All he's trying to do is he wants to provide for his family. So he worked in California in a chicken sexting place. Chicken sexing, not sexting. Sorry, it's a to hold everything. Sexing is picking up a baby chicken. Looking at its genitals and deciding if it's male or female, because they destroy, if you don't know this, sorry, if you're vegan, you already know this, and this might be why you're far, partly vegan. In those places, we got lots of chicks, they destroy the male chickens, and he describes to you why. Because the male chickens grow up, they don't taste very good, they don't lay eggs, they don't do anything productive, right? So this is a metaphor... How this person, and you know, I do think culturally, a lot of cultures put this pressure on men that you're no good to us except if you produce and produce and produce and work yourself to death. Like, that's kind of the concept, right? A lot of times you can argue if you want, but if you peel back all the other shit, protect us and provide for us and then die, it kind of that's the let thing, me ask right? you
0: a question. Well,
1: what I'm saying is, though, he's come here to do this because that job like suck the life out of him. And he wants to make something and do something, which is me. He wants to grow, have a farm to grow Korean vegetables to sell to Korean grocery stores and restaurants that are popping up in the Midwest around this time. That's his goal. And it sort of feels like there's a curse upon the land. We don't know what's happened there before. You know, he's struggling. They don't have the water and they don't. they got some struggles in their personal life. And, you know, a kid who's got a little bit of a heart murmur and all this stuff. Kind of working against him just trying to do this thing. And that's what it's about. Overcoming adversity.
0: All right. Aside from that, my question was. I mean, that's all there is. Is it difficult to sex the chickens? Because it looked like a skilled job.
1: Apparently it is. I mean, I don't know.
0: Have they got tiny genitals?
1: I'll tell you this. There's an American dad based on this particular thing. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. The whole episode. where apparently their son is sort of magically good at it because it's a difficult task. And they make it, they explain in the movie, like he's really good at it. The wife struggles with it. She's really slow at it. Nobody seems to care. But another thing, you know, you're disposing of half of the population of these chickens and you're doing a job that's essentially not useless because it sounds productive, right? The chicken people don't want to raise a bunch of chickens that they can't do anything with, I suppose. If you did Fifty years of that, which if you don't mind it and it pays your bills and you don't mind going to work every day and doing it, that's cool. But he doesn't feel that way. He wants to do something else, and so not an easy job, I don't think.
0: So it's this farming story. It's really beautiful looking. Mm-hmm. Cinematography is really nice. It's really gorgeous. It. When you last week, when you said we watched Land, and you were like, "Oh, it wasn't really crisp," and well, this actual photography was no, but I liked it.
1: Right. It was gorgeous cinematography. The mm-hmm. photography didn't have to be crispy clear and the focal distance and all that stuff, which in this one they do play with a lot.
0: You can tell the, the guy who did this one is a technical kind mm-hmm. of guy as well as artistic, but there's a lot of very crisp looking shots. So I really liked how it looked. It's a hot day today and it seemed incredibly hot in the movie. <laughs>
1: uh, You mean uh, in real life is what you're saying. It's very hot
0: here. We never, we didn't go like through the seasons in this farming movie, though. We we didn't ever saw it snow. Mm -hmm. You know, we just saw.
1: It's basically just his one season from the the time he planted his garden slash field through to what might have. It was still hot, though. Probably August, September. I don't know. They didn't make it clear. It didn't matter.
0: No. The weather can make or break. Well, does make or break farmers' lives, right? Absolutely. And it is like a thing in this you know at the beginning there's you know they've not been in america long and then a tornado warning comes (laughs) yeah and you can see that they're terrified of it and then realize quickly it's just a tornado watch not a actual warning warning where you should be absolutely terrified
1: it is a thing being from the midwest as i am born raised always lived here except a little bit in florida a little bit of california and yeah there's a Wherever you were from, like you're from England, right? Never so, even
0: heard of a tornado. What? So
1: the idea of rain and cold is your com- you're just brainwashed <laughs> to think that every time it rains, it cools down. It doesn't work here, right? It could rain right now. And at hundred what 90 degrees, it'll still be 90 degrees, right? So that's a thing you're not... You're not used to that concept. I mean, you've been here many years, 20 years or whatever, but tornado watch warning. Now, when I was a kid, my mom was pretty afraid of the tornado warnings and watches, you know, that came around in our small towns. So we'd head to the basement and we had a ping pong table and TV and a radio and we'd take food and all that. So it wasn't scary to me necessarily. But if you introduce that idea to someone like you, (laughs) it's like when you see the destruction of a tornado, which is totally real. And then everyone around you like, "Ah, it's no big deal. We'll be fine. It's going to miss us. It's not going to happen." You're you were always like, <gasps> "Yeah. We're going to get blown away. Our house is going to get destroyed." So this guy's brought his family here and she's just like, "What is?" She was terrified. Rightfully so.
0: Rightfully so. When you see it on the TV like the whole screen's taken over by this tornado watch thing. You know, it just follows him in this one summer, I would say. He doesn't meet many people along the way because it's mainly focused around this family, but he does meet a guy who helps him. What do you think of the guy who helps him? Like he's, an interesting character.
1: He plays such interesting... That guy is so good, isn't he? Yeah. And I sometimes don't like him at all, and sometimes I'm like, oh, totally on board because he's just so good. What's his name? Patton. Yeah. Will Patton.
0: Will Patton, yeah. He's. A, he was in Armageddon.
1: Yes. And so in this, he's sort—he's a hardworking farm guy. Now, remember, we're just coming into the 80s and he was in Korea for the Korean conflict or whatever they want to call it. War, it was. So he feels he's very, very religious, very, very Christian, connected to his religion very strongly, as we find out in the movie. So he I think he feels this is divine providence that this Korean family has come. And he's sort of a farming expert of, as such. And so he connects up with him and works for the guy. And he's so... Okay, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's so elegant. The way that he's that guy, He he's... Every second of his life, is he's on the verge of praying out loud, going into the... Speaking in tongues. Speaking like, in tongues. A little yeah. bit of that. He praises Jesus a lot. He... Carries the cross down the road every Sunday because he says, this is my church and I'm to on board with that. He and does if you like
0: an, a mini exorcism. Like yes, kind of. <laughs> he
1: casts out the thing. Now, if you don't, if you've never listened to us before and you don't know who I am, uh, like it or not, I believe in nothing. So I don't have any religion, anything at all. I don't believe in any gods of any kind of anybody's. However, I'm 100% on board with anybody finding the thing that gets them through every day of this life without harming someone. And this guy has made his... Whatever traumas he's had, because it feels like he's probably had hard times, right? Yeah. This is his thing. He works constantly and this he carries the big wooden cross up and down the gravel road every Sunday and he doesn't go to the church. People think he's a weirdo. The kids laugh about him and all that. But his character, I just find is a really solid, I don't know, He's like grounds the whole movie to me. Him like, and grandma. Him and grandma.
0: Yeah, the character is like a standout character for me. Absolutely. I wasn't. You know, particularly sure how this movie was going to play out. I wasn't 100% sure what it was. And when he turned up, I thought, oh, there's something sinister about him, maybe. Me too. I thought he's that. He's going to like ruin everything or he's racist or whatever it is.
1: Isn't that terrible that that's what we think?
0: Yeah. Actually, that character is just really full of love for people. Yep. But he's, people don't have generally much love for him because he seems like the crazy guy around the corner. Yeah. Top. So I really like that because it shows, because he loves helping this guy and he's really in love with like the fact that plants are coming up and the garden's working and, yeah you know, in his mind.
1: I think the director and writers do a... An absolutely fantastic job of tapping into our prejudices. Now that sounds weird, but when the kid comes up to the other kid and says, "Why is your face so flat?" you instantly get your back up and like, "Oh, he's going to be the bully. He's going to pick on this kid. He's going to be terrible." And your gut starts to churn, and you're like, "No, no, 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 no. Just leave this kid alone. You know, like, fuck off, you little yeah, racist prick." Exactly. And then it's not that.
0: Yeah, it feels like you've seen yeah. that scene before somewhere. But and then you it know doesn't.
1: But it doesn't go there because. As we know, not everyone who has, we all have limited information about everybody in the whole fucking world. I don't know about the people next door to us, right? I don't know what their whole life is about. If I ask them an inappropriate question about something I see or hear, it doesn't mean I'm intentionally being a dickhead, right? I might just be ignorant, and it's not your job to teach me, but I just don't know what the fuck is going on. So it pulls you back like, oh, but the whole time I'm tense. Like when the kid goes to the other kid's house and then the dad's there and you're just, I'm, I'm, I'm on defense, like, okay. Actually,
0: that scene is also a, like, you're like, well, this dad's speaking to the kid and the dad seems one way, but then yes. like, maybe he isn't like that. Maybe and they he just-
1: do, he does a great job of making it not that. And I just really, really, really appreciate that. Yeah. And I just
0: felt, it's the kind of movie that some people would say, oh, we'll get to them later in the IMDB reviews. Are they going <laughs> to say, this movie was so slow. Give me yeah, two hours sure. of my life back. And the movie just ended without anything really happening. You could say that about a movie like this, but I like the slice of life dropping in. I really like these type of movies. You drop in at a, a point in time of a, this family, for instance. In fact, Perfect at the beginning of this movie. They're driving up the road to the new trailer, right? Which they've just bought on the farm.
1: Hold on. Did you get the feeling last year, last week we started with the exact same thing? The I, woman driving a long I way. Did. To get to her I did.
0: I was like, wow. It, it's weird. <laughs> we watched these two movies back to back. Yep. Cause, because they do feel in a similar.
1: She bought her land. He bought his land. They it's a, it's do a new feel. Trend.
0: The vibe of them is very similar. Like it's.
1: Rejuvenating, but kind of heavy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, this movie, Minari, is also, it's a Korean-made movie. It's not Korean-made. It's made by a Korean director. And it is mostly subtitled, right? But I totally forgot about subtitles
1: for a while. Oh, me too. I don't mind subtitles at all, so that doesn't bother me. its I would say,
0: like, about 10% of this movie is in English, but mostly in Korean, and it did not bother me in one bit. Yeah, again, like you, though, I don't have a problem with subtitles. So Because we're great. We're so great. But if you're the type <laughs> who's going to go on IMDb and say, I don't want to read for two hours. <laughs> just be, throw subtitles. There's no dubbed version then of here's,
1: this Then here's my suggestion. Don't fucking watch it. It's really simple. If you yeah. don't like something, I know, it's a new concept for the modern world. If you don't like it or you start to not like it, just tap out. It's not that big a deal. It's entertainment. Your life will go on without you having to watch it and then bitch about choosing to watch it.
0: This was also nominated for six Academy Awards, by the way. I mean, you probably know that if you... Uh, I didn't know that. Including Best Picture and Best Actor for hmm. Glenn. I mean, nominated. <laughs> Glenn. Yeah. Why are won. you calling him Glenn? Glenn from The Walking Dead is oh, the star of right, this movie. That's right, that's right. The lady who plays the uh, grandmother actually won the Oscar, so this did win one Oscar. She won for Best Supporting Actress. She was amazing. So let's get on to the cast while we're talking about that. Alan... S. Kim plays David, who's, it's a lot of it is focused on David. He's a child. Mm -hmm. He's got a heart murmur. He's a little, I like him because he's kind of cheeky. Yes. And really personable. Like he's got like a really fun personality, I think. Yes. And he does some incredibly funny things in this movie that you (laughs) will not expect. (laughs) You'll be like, did that really just happen? It was hilarious. (laughs) He's very funny, the kid though, right? He's personable, he's. And he can be really sad he's through good. moments, you know? Yep. He, he's like a kid who pees the bed. And, this and just, I
1: was a kid who peed my bed. So there you go. Everybody's like, oh God. But yeah, it's a horrible, tragic thing in a family and uh, he has to deal with it. He's stressed out or whatever.
0: Yeah, and he plays that really well, I think, with the stressed-out version of him. Mm-hmm. But then the really fun-loving, fun version is also good. And like I say, he's extremely funny, and he's not been in any movies before. So what an amazing first movie. Noel Chow plays Anne. She's the sister. What did you think of her?
1: She was perfect. Seriously, it was as if she was in The Truman Show, that she w- she is the daughter of the sister of this family and no one has told her she's in a movie. She's just perfect. She, Every single, I mean, sometimes it was just her walking to a doorway and her arms slumping down and her looking and taking a breath or something and just be like, and you knew it was exactly perfect. She was amazing.
0: Yeri Han plays Monica. She's the wife.
1: Oh, so good.
0: Um, Yeah, there's a scene towards right near the very end, which is very like emotional, like on both. Mm-hmm. It's like the Oscar-winning scene for me. It's like, holy shit, this is that, like, heavy. It was heavy. Yeah. And both of them did an amazing job, and she did.
1: We're gushing. We're gushing over this movie. The, the other <laughs> scene
0: I really liked about her is when her mother came and she hugged her mother that part. It was very... The mother was like...
1: The mother's amazing. The, grandma is... But, uh, I
0: mean, the mother said... To, the grandma turned up, and she'd not seen her for a while, and she hugged her, like, so lovingly. And then the grandma was like... You miss me you this You miss much? me that much? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Grand
1: Grandma's a little rough around the edges. She likes yeah. to gamble. She's not a grandma, as the boy keeps liking to say. She's not like a normal grandma.
0: Stephen Yun, who is Glenn from The Walking Dead, plays Jacob. I've never seen Stephen Yun, I don't think, in anything else apart from The Walking Dead. And I said to you, I think he was wasted in The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes. Like he should have not been in The Walking Dead and been making He shouldn't great be
1: known as Glenn, Glenn from Walking Dead anymore.
0: Exactly. What did you feel about him in this? Amazing.
1: I, I was, I think it took about. Five minutes, the drive to the location, the instant he's trying to tell the wife about this, you know, uh, mobile home that's sitting out in the middle of nowhere. I was just, I was, what's the word? I I stepped through the looking glass. Like, I was in that thing so much. Everybody was exactly right. I was rooting for him. And like you, I had the sense of dread, like, oh, Is something terrible going to happen? Is he going to die? And she has to then, because she's not into the gardening, but she'll take on the mantle of growing the field. Whatever, right? None of that happened. But I felt that heavy weight. And yet the way he was throughout and just sort of the little bits and pieces of just the real, the kid really did it too, like makes you feel like there's just hope here, you know?
0: Yeah, like when he's in the field with his son and he's uh, he's trying to teach Mm -hmm. him about where water would be. And it, there's like a whole deal with he's like, I'm proud of him. He's clever. Yeah. And family's a thing. It's beautiful. A
1: thing. It's a beautiful story. Beautifully right. told.
0: We got Yu Zhong Yaun I'm sorry. Sorry for that. Plays <laughs> Sunya. She's a grandmother. And she won the Oscar for this. And I was uh, on, like I said to you, I'm not sure about grandma. I don't,
1: <laughs> she seems a bit dodgy. She's a
0: bit unconventional and dodgy. Yeah. And then I started warming up to her. And then like I fell in love with her. Absolutely. And then, spoilers, it got a bit sad with her, you know?
1: I mean, in life, everything isn't sweet and happy all the time. And so, you know, this is a story.
0: I loved when she... Even Wizard of
1: Oz has the witch, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have some sadness, but... um,
0: You know, when she was sticking up for the boy, when he...
1: (laughs) Yes. What the boy did
0: was, (laughs) you'll watch it yourself and it's very funny, but she stuck up for him in that for what he did, which was horrible. Almost like
1: she respected him.
0: She was almost like...
1: You know, she's like, now that, he's <laughs> yeah. he's pretty tough.
0: Will, Will Patton, who we talked about earlier, as Paul. And, you know, again, I think, is it my, like, prejudice for characters in movies? Because I've seen that character before, and he turns out to be the weasel that messes everything up. I mean, he's let's
1: not. be honest, he often is. That <laughs> Will Patton. Yeah, but not.
0: not just Will Patton. That character in a movie, the one that turns up, and they're a bit odd, they're rambling on, and they're... True. You don't know whether to give them the job or not, but maybe you give them a go and then everything gets fucked up because of them. Well, it's not that, again. And he's very good at acting whatever that character is. That character's got all kinds of
1: I feel like he's a bro he's a vet, right? Uh a a veteran, to him. war veteran from Korea and we don't know what else. And he's alone, seems alone. And the town is like thinks he's a weirdo. So we know there's history there. And yet he just gets on with what he needs to do, supporting this guy. And he's
0: got a massive love for the planet and God. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can see it in him. Like he's, you know, when he's just looking up at the sky that one time when there's the sun shining through. Like, just look at it. He's like, yeah, this is, I'm at one with this, you know. And those kind of characters usually kind of bug me some. But this one, I just was full of love for him, which is what this movie kind of does. You're you're in love with everybody at the end. (laughs) you like, these are all people just trying to get by and...
1: Doing their thing. Yeah.
0: Directed by Lee Isaac Chung. He, he's directed a couple of movies, Abigail Harm and Lucky Life. And he's also making a live action remake of an anime called Your Name, which if you're an anime fan, you'll know what that is. He's doing that next. What do you think of this directing?
1: Beautiful. But he had a good cinematographer as well. His directing meant that he brought out the best in all these people, right? And held this story together. And then the cinematography... They just went together very well.
0: All right, yeah, I thought it was good too. A lot of this movie takes place in this like little trailer, and it's about the scenes and the dialogue. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. Sometimes you just kind of forget where you are, and it's just like, oh, we're just having a conversation. It might be really funny, or it might be very de- you know heavy. Like yes, not so much dark, but heavy sometimes. All right, IMDb reviews. What are those? Sid talk.
1: That is when you go out to the internetmoviedatabase.com, dot com. And find one-star reviews for every movie that we watch. If they write a one-star review and we love the movie, we insult them. Or we pat them on their little head like, oh, cute. You're so wrong, but whatever. And if we don't like the movie, then we're like, yeah, we get it. We get where you're coming from.
0: (laughs) So these are the one stars. And here's number one, Mr. Sora Chunza. He says, I'm a Korean-American, and this is the worst slow-paced movie I've ever seen. It's not worth watching
1: at all. I don't know if being Korean American, other than, you know, understanding where these characters are coming from, has anything to do with you thinking it's boring. what we said, it's boring. Just not worth watching at all. Oh, not worth watching because? No reason. Do we have a reason? Okay, no reason. All right, number
0: two says, I'm from Thailand and and two, moving to another country in the 80s to start a new life. So I thought I could relate to this film and was excited. 10 minutes into the movie, I expected something to happen. 20 minutes passed, I was still waiting. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, still nothing happens. I'm very, very bored at this point and can no longer sit through this. Don't bother to find out what happens. What an uninspiring film.
1: Well, we disagree. I'll talk for both of us.
0: This guy says, This movie is overrated. It's not very good and not original at all. It's story- is virtually identical to Renoir's 1945 U.S. film, The Southerner. And while that is not one of the celebrated Renoir films, it's still pretty good and a great good deal, great good deal better than this rip-off.
1: Hmm. I don't know who that person is, the director they're talking about. This
0: guy says, Michael Scott once said, I don't hate it. I just don't like it at all. We're quoting
1: a fictional character. Nice. Yeah. Nice.
0: And finally, get ready for this one. This okay. is the it's the cherry on the top. I'm ready. I want, fill in the blanks. I, I want. Two. No. All right, I'll, I'll give you. Okay. I want my two hours back.
1: Oh, of course. Oh, my God. How could I not know that?
0: It's one of the worst movies I've seen in my entire life. Film without plot, music, smile, or emotion. And then he says awful, but he spells it a, w e. F-U-L.
1: Well, we can't criticize the spelling. <laughs> none of us are perfect in the spelling department, but yeah, interesting.
0: So that's the IMDb reviews for this week. Extras, and there is a, an extra on this disc. It's becoming like a thing of the past extras on Blu-rays, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I think streaming's responsible for that.
1: I mean, it's fine.
0: But anyway, I'm happy about this, because the director has an audio commentary on this disc, and there is also a making of called Sowing Seeds, which we actually watched. What did you think of that? It's
1: fine. I mean, it's just everybody's great and he's great and the director's great and the story's great.
0: You know, when they do behind the scenes and stuff, I want like technical things personally. Like Mm. I want to see how they, you know, do special effects. I'm not saying this movie has any special effects. Maybe it does. Or, you know, what the cameraman, what the cinematographer is thinking in certain things. and but
1: that seems really in-depth.
0: We never seem to go into that. We just mm. go, uh, yeah, uh, it was great working with uh, blah, blah, blah. And this person was awesome on the set and they were very inspiring. It's usually that, right? Correct. So, yeah, if you like that, it's got some of that. So, it's all about that. Yeah. So here's the conclusion of the movie, Minari. I am giving this movie an 8 out of 10.
1: And I'm giving it a 9.
0: Okay. So there you go. You have to be a bit more dramatic when you say the number. I'm giving it a 9.
1: <laughs> That's it. That's what You get what you get.
0: All right. So thank you to Lionsgate and A24 Pictures for letting us have a look at that one next week. What do you think we'll be reviewing?
1: Movie? A movie.
0: It'll be a movie. Okay, great. Okay. It won't be a TV show. It'll be a movie. Movie recommendations. At this point in the show, we give some recommendations for you, the listeners. And I'm going to give you the movie Boyhood. Do you Remember that one? Of course. Oscar nominated. Maybe won the Oscar that year. I can't remember.
1: I think it did. It won Picture of the Year.
0: And it gives you a, I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting movie because it follows person through boyhood.
1: But what? literally, they filmed the same person for? over the course of his years.
0: Yeah, but not like a real person. A person acted the same character for that long, right? Right. So, yeah, boyhood, I'll give you that. And then I'll also give you a Korean movie because this is pretty much a Korean movie. I'll give you a Korean movie I really like called The Host. Oh, yeah. It's like a big... It's like a monster movie. Like, a you know, it's like a big squid, right? Isn't it? It was a good one. Alien squid thing. I don't remember exactly,
1: but I do know. It's it a was, cool movie. The host. really good. And yours are? Mine are, and you're going to love one of them. one of them you're going to be like, you don't even heard of, probably. Well, I'm going back to the 80s for mine. and I'm still in 1981. All the movies I've seen are that I've kept track of. And here are two of them. There is no comment on the quality or whether or not I'm actually recommending that you watch it. Although I would just say watch all the movies because then you get to decide for yourself. I'm not qualified to think for you, even though I often think I am. But mine are Paternity. Do you know what that one is? Nope. I remember going to see this. It was Burt Reynolds. And I don't forget. I forget who the other person is. But my friend and I were supposed to go to the bigger town near where we live from a small town to take our... ACT ct test for high school we were seniors or we were in high school and we know maybe that's not right because that is not the right year i know i saw it when i was supposed to be doing something else so i mm. might have just been skipping school or we we're supposed to go do something else and we would see this movie instead it's not great it's comedy sort of and then one of your favorite movies of all time the evil dead
0: why did you say the evil dead
1: the Evil Dead's on my list.
0: I like The Evil Dead a lot. I mean, it's a very good horror movie, right?
1: <laughs> Subjective. It's fine. It's
0: fine. It's got the all the tropes for a good horror movie. It really freaked me out as a kid.
1: And that's what you're clinging to, is what I'm going to say to that.
0: Yeah. It's pretty freaky, the first movie. It is
1: freaky. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no accounting. But it
0: really goes, like, pretty... Quality
1: is always questionable, so let's not, you know. It was
0: also a video nasty in the UK, if you don't know what a video nasty is. There was a bunch of movies during the VHS era that the government decided were too obscene for the public to see, so they removed them all from the video shops. So then they became this underground, like, movement of selling videotapes, and the Evil Dead was one of them. Mm. And that's kind of bizarre to think of now, because you're like, the Evil Dead? How is that going to corrupt society? Because that's what they thought was going to happen. If you watch these video nasties, you were all going to, you know, turn into murderers and serial killers, (laughs) and then, you know, the UK would, everybody would murder each other. And, I mean, pathetic?
1: I don't think that was actually the thought. It's just they, they have what they think is a moral compass for the whole world, and they get to decide. Whether or not you, as an adult even, get to watch a movie that presents images of things that are disturbing. Let's not. There's a tree that sexually assaults a woman. This is not an image in your head that the people who want to control the images in your head want you to see. Right? But as an adult, you get to decide. And then you get to deal with the consequences.
0: As a side note to that. There is an upcoming horror movie starring, you know, the lady from The Virtues, where it was her first time acting. She was also in Raised by Wolves. That lady. (laughs) Yes. I don't know her name. She was in that movie, actually, that we watched last week. Correct. Or the week before. Yeah. The one with Jason Statham. Mm -hmm. So that lady is in a movie coming up. This is why I got onto that video nasty thing. It's called Censor. And she is one of the ladies from the 1970s in the BBFC, which is the British film censoring board who goes in to a job every day and looks at grotesque stuff to cut out and then it's a horror film based on a person who does that Mm. which i'm actually i think it sounds really interesting i'm excited to see that so off topic
1: there and she's really good
0: she is very good A scully stuff this week i've been playing the new playstation 5 exclusive game ratchet and clank rift apart sid saw me play some of this game what did you think
1: it's super fun I mean, it just is. It's a fun... It looks great. It's one of those fun, old-fashioned, if I will, if I may. You know, you just have a mission. You comp around. You beat enemies. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, like, deep and, like, innovative about it. But it is gorgeous, and it's super fun to watch. And I don't play. I just sit there and watch it.
0: Yeah, it's... When I bought the PlayStation 5, um, you know, there was promises of these next generation games that were coming, but so far there hasn't been many of those because it's mostly been games from the PS4, but they're just like, you know, made to look nicer. But this game was built specifically for the PS5, so it does this like trick that only the PS5 can do, because the PS5 has a really fast SSD inside it, so it can load uh levels quicker than anything out there on the market it's like the quickest way of doing it so what this game can do and that's where the rift in the title comes from is you can fire this like gun that has this rift in it into this hole it pulls you through a hole and you can be in a completely new level it can be a completely different level like you're in space you go through a rift you're in the desert and it all happens like instantly there you can't tell that there was a load time or You've seen it happen. It's mm-hmm. it's it's like a when they say game changer. <laughs> I believe it actually is a game changer because it's something that we could never do before. And I was watching the developer today, and it's and it even goes down to they did all the cut the cutscenes are not video footage. They're all done in real time, uh through the engine, you know. So they're just doing them like in real time, which is incredible because when you look at it, you're like, wow, this just looks like an animated movie. And there's one scene where he does the Star Wars wipe, basically, from one realm to another. And he goes, that wipe that wipes from the space scene to the desert scene, it's loading the level as as it goes across the screen and in real time. like So it, it's like an insane thing that, you know, back in the PS2 days, sometimes to load a level, it took two and a half, three minutes.
1: Right. But see, you're bringing that experience to you? Yeah. Which... Is like saying, well, I watched this guy in this movie and he was amazing and he used to be really shitty. So him being amazing made this movie better. But right. in fact, right? So if you never had all those loading times and whatnot, you might you wouldn't appreciate that as much.
0: No, but now when I... And I even showed you, this is nothing to do with the rifty thing. I turned the PlayStation 5 on and pressed the ratchet and clank on the dashboard. And how quick was it? just Well, playing? you
1: started to say, how long is it going to take to...
0: And then I was playing. And it was loaded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is like, it's crazy. It's like, even the PC, which is like incredibly fast and you've got SSDs, it is nowhere near the, you know, the technology. It's of
1: magic. That. It's technological magic. It, it's where
0: I go, yeah, I'm glad I got a PS5 because these kind of things is what's going to, there's going to be some crazy stuff. We're only just starting, right? It's only just come out. So, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. It's like the old school Ratchet and Clanks, but it's got this shiny, modern day kind of there was a ratchet and clank animated show like not show a movie and i saw a uh, clips from that yesterday and clips from this game and that that movie was made like two or three years ago and this game in real time actually looks better than the movie which is how far it's come is crazy we also this week this is not video game related but the new marvel disney plus show loki started when we watched the first episode and Tart will give you a quick opinion on the first episode.
1: It was good. <laughs> that, was <a> quick, <laughs> that was a
0: very quick opinion.
1: It was good. I think you just, I, I'm i running out of things to say about things sometimes because if well, it's we good.
0: Need to, uh, we need to fire you from the show. <laughs> if
1: it's good, right? Yes. And I'm I'm entertained and a little bit stimulated or interested, then I just think, watch it. And I, I can't, t- I mean, if you want to discuss it, You and I can talk about the theories and the possibilities, all that kind of stuff, right? But this is you and I talking, me telling someone. All I can say is, for me, it's really good. It's really fun. It is different from all the other, you know, Marvel little shows that they're doing. Little slash. Little slash (laughs) giant. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's fine. It's not just, it's not up to me, though, whether or not you want to spend the time of your life to watch it.
0: I uh, really do like the concept of this one right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" Like, you know, I've seen timey stuff before. We both have watched Doctor Who, but I just like timey.
1: Let explain that timey
0: whimey. You know, I mean time travel, time travel, crossing the streams, all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, the crossing the streams a whole different thing. That's it can, the can get complicated.
0: Busters. Yeah, that's Ghostbusters. You yeah. can get complicated <laughs> with the timey stuff.
1: Timey stuff, as in, if there's a, an overall. Um, System that's managing all of the time and what's happening and all the different possible dimensions and universes, right? That's kind of the, con. it's not a new concept either, but that's kind of one of the themes here. You have to be very judicious, just like Star Trek, just like all the ones where if you travel up and back in time, you've got to be careful.
0: And this one, Loki, ties so directly into the Marvel movies that it opens with a scene from the Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. it's pretty i I really enjoyed that i was like because everybody you know if you're a marvel fan you know what that moment means and then you're like oh cool we're gonna fill all that in i love it so that is loki and the other thing is it's e3 week which pretty much starts today so next week i'll tell you about e3 what is e3 sit up
1: electronic conference I don't know why it has a 3 in it.
0: I also do not know why it has a 3
1: in <laughs> it. It's just a conference. It's like a home show, but for electronics.
0: It's, yeah, like CES, but for video games. So if you
1: go to one show and you buy a new thing for your patio and your sills on your windows, or you go over there and you buy a new video game. It's really, exactly. it's all the same.
0: I like E3 Week.
1: It's virtual, kind of, this year. It's very different. It's very different than the history of E3s in my life with you.
0: I'd also say, please, E3, people who present E3, because we watched like 30 minutes of it earlier. <laughs> it was horrible. It is not ESPN, because everybody's acting, like all these commentators. They talk so fast. They're talking like oh it's a God. football game. And I'm like, you're just talking about video and games. And
1: no, we're not you? old. That Just fuck that. We're not old, and we're not all crotchety and shit. You don't need to have somebody talking and yelling at you and making up shit to say that when there's nothing there, like you even commented, I think they just don't have anything to say, but yeah. somebody has said, we're going on the air, quote unquote, whatever that is So just days. keep talking. Just keep talking and in, in, infuse this kind of like over the top, oh my God, this, it sounds just like that. That's not even an exagger-
0: You know, I've always played video games my whole life and never watched sports. For, I don't want sports infusing into my <laughs> video game. I know there are sports video games, but I don't need you to talk about Ratchet and Clank as though it's a sport. So stop it.
1: You think they're listening? And if they are, will they do what you say? I think E3
0: is listening and he, Mr. E3, will have to knock it on the air. But the
1: thing is, if the market demands it, that's the deal. It's a free market out there in the entertainment world. And if people respond better to that than to two people sitting calmly and quietly discussing something for an hour, like, and if people hate that, Then guess what? Or the people who vocalize it, we should say. If the people who get out there and bitch and moan and whine and tweet, oh, this is so boring, and what am I going to do at the time of my life, and uh, all that shit. If that wins the day, then there you go.
0: So what is for dinner, Sid Talk?
1: Jimmy John. Jimmy John's. Also not sponsored. Not sponsored. I wish. It's very
0: hot and a cold drink
1: and a cold sandwich sounds good i would take a year worth of jimmy johns for free that'd be great (laughs) all
0: right what is your advice and let's get the hell out of my
1: advice is and it's coming from um being me i'm not gonna say it's difficult because in the scheme of the world it's not difficult like oh poor me but it's a challenge sometimes up against the things and the way people are in the world that i just don't i'm not in line with right And so one thing that a manager guy said to me this past week after we'd had a very candid conversation because I don't know how to do anything else. And it, (laughs) I think it just shocks them a little bit. But at some point, I commented that I didn't want to do a particular thing like take a day off so that my fellow coworkers. we work in a data center, we work in a place where you do 12-hour shifts and you have a set shift for 20 years. That's what I've done the exact, well, I moved from one shift to another. But you don't move around. We don't work in a restaurant or a gas station or something where you have to have this rotating, rambling schedule. I've done that before, too. You don't say to somebody, oh, I need to take off Saturday evening. Can you cover for me? We don't do that. We're salary workers. That's just the way it is. And I was saying this to him, I don't want to put, I don't want to use it my vacation time, because I. if you don't use it, you lose it, because I don't want someone else to have to come, quote unquote, fill in for me from another shift. Oh, well, ha he makes some managerial comment. And I said, well, this is the time of our life. You know, I don't want someone to spend time of their life during a week of any week being miserable or having all of their life schedule thrown out of whack because I'm taking a day off that just, right, it's rude and it's just not considerate. And I don't want... And then I said, as my philosophy of life leads me to be, every day can be your last day. Now, this sounds really over the top, but this is the way I see life, right? Every day can be your last day. We don't know. I don't know. You don't know. We'd have no idea. And so if I'm going to make someone's day miserable, just so I can sit here and play City Skylines all day to use up from vacation time, and let's say that's their last day, not wishing this on anyone... Why would I do that? And he gets that sort of smug managerial stance. You know, we're outside. We're in a more casual setting. He's like, well, and keep in mind, this person's younger than me by like a year or two. I'm 53 and a half-ish. And he, I think, is 50, maybe 49. Not that much difference, but he's not like an old, wise motherfucker. Nothing like that, right? And he's like, well, (laughs) they wouldn't call it work if everybody was just coming to have a good time. And I'm like, I think my face went completely like, what are you what? What kind of a philosophy is that? If you want me to adapt, he's, I keep getting referenced that I need to adapt better to their bullshit, right? So my advice is, when someone tells you they want you to adapt or that you need to be more adaptable, because that's what he's telling me in this conversation, well, maybe you need to adapt and get the idea that it's okay if we have to switch things around a little bit, wah, 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 right? But I want to know why do you want me to adapt to this old fashioned idea that work is just misery. Why is that okay? If the task that you're performing, you know, when you're trading the time of your life to make some money, if the tasks you're performing and all the knowledge you have learned to do that task is something like saving lives, being a soldier, being a teacher, being something that where there's a high risk, right? Your failures are high risk, very high risk. Lots of lots at stake. And it's highly stressful, the task itself. Is, is hardcore, right? You have lives in your hand, lives, the future of the world, whatever. That's, that's one level, whereas mine isn't like that. So the task itself might make you stressed out and miserable, that's one thing, but ours isn't that. We're dealing with budgets and data and governmental politics, you know, and egos and who, what money moves where and how to govern, I work for state government, And so that's high stakes as well. But the job I'm doing is protecting the status of my data center, make sure the temperature's right and all that kind of stuff. So why would I want, why would I approach that as, oh, well, uh, might as well just uh, go to work and be miserable all day. (laughs) And then boom, that's it. I die in a car crash on the way home or something. Why? How about if you... Adapt to my way of thinking, right? No. How does me, <laughs> how does me adapting to your old fashioned, well, <laughs> it's work, so we just might as well be unhappy about it. How do you benefit from me adapting to that idea? One way you benefit is that I just shut up and I just do my job and you don't have to worry about me anymore and you can go on with all your other little egocentric tasks, right? I'm not a fan of upper management. It's not a secret because it's only going to benefit you by me going along with what you're saying. Oh, adapt, Cindy, pat, pat on the head, you know? And um, I'm not into that. So if someone's really preaching at you from whatever pulpit, for whatever topic, that you need to adapt, depending on why, if you've been a horrible person and you're harming people, that's different, but I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about like, they want to mold you and shape you for their benefit. Don't forget, they're going to benefit somehow. Either you're going to disappear and become invisible, right? So they don't have to worry about you anymore. Or you're going to further their own agenda. So they're going to profit somehow, either with more time for themselves to take off or have an easier life or more money or more assets, whatever it is. So if someone's kind of crammed down your throat, well, you need to change. You need to adapt to what I'm telling you. Just think about that. I mean, if you're willing to go in, go in and that's cool, but I'm not. So.
0: All right. So Thank you, SID Talk. Sure, ascully.com sure. is the website. You can also go anchor.fm slash after the show. You can go Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those places. The podcast is everywhere. You can find podcasts, including iTunes and Spotify. On
1: Mars? Is it on Mars?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Email feedback to ascully at ascully.com. Don't email SID Talk. She hates you all I don't on. hate anybody. I don't even hate managers. I just don't understand
1: what happens to s- your brain.
0: Stay classy and... Plant some crops this week, including some manari, which we didn't say. The manari is a, what is it exactly? A herb.
1: Mm-hmm. Did we even say the name of this movie?
0: Yeah, oh. we did at the beginning. Right. The movie was called minari, and Manari is a herb that you can plant.
1: Well, they consider it like a leafy vegetable. It's
0: in a lot of South Korean so it's cooking. Really a,
1: it's not really an herb, but close. So close.
0: It's a vegetable. It's kind of like watercress-ish.
1: Or cilantro or some other, yeah. So stay classy and plant some minari. <laughs> or something else. Plant all kinds of stuff. It's very fun. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.